I love it. Um, I just get so excited, especially when there are new ingredients involved or I'm learning a new technique and I'm feeling like, okay, I'm moving along as a chef. I'm really like have that street cred. Welcome back to Creative How, the podcast for curious creatives. Uh, today for you, we have Katina Smith, or Chef Cat, as she's known to her friends. Um, as we learned, she's so much more than a chef. Um, she's a community activist, and she has a vision for herself and for what she can do that is sky high. So get ready and have some fun. All right, uh, everyone, Katina Smith, like we said, um, she's here. And Cat, I wanted to tell you a story about how we found out about you. Um, I was in the barbershop, which I know is ironic because I have no hair, uh, about three or four months ago. And it's an old school barbershop that still has newspapers and things like that. So I picked up the Baltimore Sun and there was a huge article about you. Read the whole thing and I immediately texted Sean and I was like, we've got to interview this woman. She's amazing. Having done that, you know, obviously I get to uh, go on and, and via Instagram and or maybe the one of 10 Instagram handles that you have. <laughs> Um, so true. <laughs> my first question was how many of you are there? Right. Because, uh, I don't, I can't even wrap you're my prolific. head around how much you get done and all the things you're doing. There, there has to be multiple personas. I feel like there is sometimes. You. I definitely feel like there is sometimes. You guys have good radio voices. Thank, Thank you. you. I've been working on mine. Okay. No, you're, you know, we, we were texting. We were like, cause we were listening to something. Actually, I had just called you. I was like, Sean. She's going to take over the podcast. She's got an amazing voice. Your podcast, I've listened to that. And oh, yeah? your, I've, I'd already told him that, that your voice was, it's going to be a, a breeze because it won't be a problem. The funny thing is I'm such a shy person. Even right now, I feel nervous. So I'm trying to. Yeah, so do I. <sighs> okay, cool. That's how I feel too. Also, we just both had like triple yeah, espresso. Like, so pretty amped up, you know. Um, we're excited. I need, I need, I need this conversation because like, I you know. I took a shot at tequila. Ooh, we have yeah. a little, uh, we have some brandy. We have some scotch. <laughs> Seriously. We usually drink after. Okay. Um, I'm trying to- don't tell our wives. Um, don't, don't tell anybody on the podcast listening. Right. right. But okay. So let me, let me uh, try to um, stop your nerves. So we were talking before you got here and we literally both said, you know, we're not really often intimidated by our guest, but we're kind of being funny about how prolific you are, but it's like compared to me it seems like what you do on a day-to-day basis and also how you've gotten to where you are is like pretty yep. unbelievable um so you're the you're the star here not us well, even, even you walked in you're like i've been doing this and i'm gonna go here i got a, i got an hour for you guys yeah. and, we're like, and i'm like okay it's like, so true it's not enough hours in the day um i don't know how i get it done especially uh I'll set my schedule, I'll work, I'll fit in the kids, fit in some dinner, and then I'm like, all right, see ya, I gotta go do this. And then I'm there. It's an it's amazing. And 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 you look like you have a great time doing it. I do. And I think you're you're making a difference because I mean just the energy doesn't seem to let up. I try to dissect it because right now we we're we're doing this thing and it takes a lot of time. <laughs> And then we've got these day jobs. So it's like, how, do you, how does she fit all this stuff in? And it's just a constant puzzle. I'm just so puzzle. passionate about it. I'm so passionate about the food scene in Baltimore and how awesome it is and the people that are in it. And I love creating these relationships. Well, let's bring it back. Like, how did you, where did this all, what's the origin story a little bit? I mean, you don't have to go mm-hmm. too far back, but like, when did you, because a lot of what people come to this podcast about is maybe they're looking for the thing to center on or to focus on. 
And it looks like you definitely you've need some center it. and some focus. <laughs> right. Don't we all? But, um, but you've sort of geofenced it in this food industry. Yeah. Right. So that's good. A lot of people don't have that. So I think that's what they're going to get from you. They're going to get that inspiration. And, and if anything, any insights you can give. Yeah. So my story is kind of interesting. So straight out of high school, uh, culinary school, and then during culinary school, I actually joined the Air Force. So I uh, joined the Air Force Reserves. And kind of when you get into the military, you it comes along with security clearances. So I got a security clearance and then so I kind of fell into the government vibe. So I went to the government and then I decided, okay, it's time to get back in the kitchen. That's my love. That's my passion. That's what I want to do. So I left my government job working for the Army Corps of Engineers. And um, I just took a, a huge pay cut to be a line cook. But I was the happiest little line cook ever. And then the power of Instagram, I found a Chef JR who's based in um, PG County, D.C. area. And he was on Hell's Kitchen. Well, this was before he was on Hell's Kitchen, but he was kind of everywhere and like had a whole crew of people with him. I'm like, that's awesome. I want to do that, too. And I just happened to hit him up on Instagram and said, hey, can I come cook with you? He was like, absolutely. Come on down. And so I came to D.C. and started cooking with him. And he was like, what's your name? I was like, um, I'm Katina. He was like, Katina, that's too much. I'm calling you Kat. <laughs> and so from then forth, I was Kat. So when people call me Kat, I'm like, OK, you just kind of met me within the four or five years. Um, so I kind of it took a life of its own once I branded myself as Chef Cat, And I said, oh, okay, I, I'm starting to get a little bit of a following. What, what can I do with this? And I knew that I wanted to help other people. So people would reach out to me. I'm like, okay, how, how can I help you? What can I do? Um, and then I started Taste Baltimore, which is kind of an event that highlights up and coming food businesses. Because I thought that would be fun, kind of like a little expo. Um, so that was my first dabble into hosting events. and then. So now this year, it'll be my fourth time go around. So it's getting bigger and better. I was like, man, I'm going to be big as Emporium one day. So that's the, that's the goal. That's the goal. Um, and How many then, vendors are at that now? It's, it's- um, the last one, I maybe had about 15. And I remember I had a couple pull out on me the day of, so... It could have been 20. Wow. So I'm hoping, yeah. So. And do you change venues every every year and get bigger and bigger? Yeah, I have each one. Um, the last one was at Motorhouse. The one before that was at Impact Hub. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? So now I've kind of circled around to community. So that's what I'm kind of focusing on lately. So I've tapped into the um, Franciscan Center. The food project, which is in um, Southwest Baltimore, and they help um, like inner city kids. So that's where my heartstrings are at right now. So I'm trying to figure out how I can be more involved in the community that way. Unbelievable so far. And I feel like you just covered everything, probably 15 <laughs> different things. See, that's why I need the focus. Well, let, let's take it back. As you said, you know, you joined the reserves and then after a while you wanted to get back to cooking, right? But we skipped over sort of how you learned about cooking, even before culinary school? How did you sort of uh, fall in love with that as your as your potential maybe career even? Let's see. I think I started cooking maybe around 10 years old, just little small things around the house. I was cooking since then, but then when it was high school, I went to Poly. Um, everybody was picking out what colleges they wanted to go to and what they were going to major in. And I was freaking out like, what am I going to do? I have no clue. And I'm like, cooking, that that's a thing. I'm going right. to do that. Yep. <laughs> That's a, that's a very hot thing, right? I mean, because there's such emphasis on, emphasis on it now. 
Yeah, it's totally a rock star situation now, chefs. Just trying to make my way through. Your plan, because you just rattled off like the, the spheres of influence that you're going to kind of move in between. Is there a poster or a master plan <laughs> hanging up in in, 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 a, in a wall somewhere? Like a... I think I definitely have to start dialing back all the things I do so I can hone on one thing. So I'm not just a trade of many things and master one. Um, My ultimate plan as of now in my head is that I want to have like a headquarters, I want to say. And it's kind of like a cafe situation, kind of an incubator space where I lend it to uh, small businesses where I can teach classes and things of that nature. So I want to have a headquarters, but I want to be known like, Nationwide, maybe worldwide, but nationwide for now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're on your way. I, yeah, I, I, I agree. The energy that you keep approaching things, and I think you're. I don't. I don't know. You're going about it the right way. I think. I think you've embraced um, what, what I've noticed just in the short time, like we've been communicating, is just your and you know how you embrace social media. I mean, that's that's the unlock these days, right? Just continue to kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And you're dedicated to it. You're just kind of continuing to message. I am. I'm like, oh man, I forgot about this one. I forgot about even that liked one. Our, you even made our little carousel and I'm like, hey, Jed, did you see the- Our first uh, real social media content came from one of our future guests. <laughs> but but you, had, awesome. you had to do some work. I was most impressed. Like she went to our site, she screen grabbed, she yep. did this thing. I'm like, yep. she did it. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. I, I think, you know, we don't have to go in a straight line here, but you obviously are using social media. You have yes. multiple handles and they're associated with different parts of your, your, your future empire. So can you, how, how did you start doing that and why, and how do you know to sort of carve things up from a content standpoint? Okay. So naturally chef cat is my personal page. So that's where you'll get all my weird selfies, my pictures with my kids, maybe some food here and there. And so I decided, okay, I need one for my business. So my first business that I started was culinary socialite. And that was going to be like this whole foodie brand situation where I would cover the world of what's going on. And that was like too much. So I haven't posted on there in a long time, but that what that's still there. I want that to be kind of my parent company. Um, And then I started the podcast because I was thinking, man, podcast is a new thing and food is my thing. And I want people to know the cool places to eat in Baltimore. So that's where Taste Charm City was born. And then recently, um, Just Call Me Chef was born. So that is highlighting black women chefs nationwide. So can we dive into that one a little bit? Because that's sort of how um, I personally uh, discovered your story. So just from the beginning, talk about Just Call Me Chef. So maybe two years ago, I wanted to do a calendar and I was just thinking this will be cool and empowering to have a calendar with black women chefs and didn't think much of it. And it kind of fell by the wayside. And then two years later, I put it out there, man, I'm going to do that calendar this year. And then so a photographer, Daniel, he reached out to me like, I'll do that for you pro bono. And I was like, that's it. That's what I needed right there to really get it going. So once I had the photographer and he was really gung ho with me, um, that's how I was born. I'm like, man. If I'm about to do this cool calendar, what else? How could I leverage what's going on here and all these other people and their cool brands? I'm like, this is something I can do something amazing with black women chefs because I've always been passionate about that anyway, me being a black woman chef. So that's where I was born. I'm like, okay, this can be a program. Um, I'm all about mentorship. So we're going to do some chef to chef mentorship, Um, internships, stages. People never really get opportunities to do that. So I've kind of reached out to some of the local restaurants like, hey, if I were to send you a chef your way, would you train them? Would you teach them? And they're like, absolutely. And I'm like, that's something that we need because we're not in these spaces. When I say we black women, we're not in these specific spaces. There were no 
black chefs at Magdalena when I got there. And um, the pastry chef was a woman. And I'm like, that's stereotypical. Um, And just uh, many places that I go, I never see really um, either a black people at all. If I do their the stewards or something like that, wait, Seth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to just break those stereotypes and break the glass ceiling too. And in, in terms of, I guess if you had to sort of percentage wise, break out the amount of time spent on individual channels, you know, like mentorship or outreach, or what would you say the majority of your time spent doing with that brand? It's so new right now. So I'm still trying to find my footing. I'm trying to, I definitely want the mentorship kind of to be the the big picture of it all. So I'm just trying to figure out how to do it. I'm creating applications for chefs to fill out. I want to be a mentee. I want to be a mentor. So, so far I already have about four or five connections. So that's pretty cool. And just figuring out how I can loop back with them to make sure they're still keeping in contact with one another. So it's so hard for me because I do so much. So I'm trying to build me a team. Well, that, that was my next question. Is this all by yourself or do you yes. have, Oh gosh. I know I'm like, Oh, I forgot to do this today. <sighs> so, wow. Cause I'm just trying to figure out literally there's, I, I honestly, I'm, I don't know how you do it. And I'm not saying like, I don't know how you do it. I'm so you're a chef at Magdalena. Correction. I am no longer at Magdalena. Okay. I am 100% entrepreneur now. Okay. Wow. Great. Good job. Which is, Congratulations. Sounds, sounds good. Thanks. But you've been a chef there and yes. other restaurants prior to that. Yes. So, and that also is is a very, very challenging thing to do in and of itself. Absolutely. So, Especially at Magdalena, very high standards. Can you give us sort of a, maybe just a, a glimpse into a day when you were still there? Yeah. A day in the life of you. So a typical day, I would come in, turn everything on, and then I would go into my pastries. So pastries are made from scratch. So I make like the muffins and things of that nature after breakfast. Then we would kind of prep for the next day, restock um, everything. And then we would help with lunch, not lunch, PM, if they had anything for us to do, or if there is any catering going in-house, then we do that. And we also do tea service. So that's pretty much a typical day. Um, The attitudes in there, the whole feel of it all is crazy. It's hectic. Is that, is that typical of most restaurants? The last few restaurants I was in, no, this was my first time dealing with something like this. And as a chef, um, a young chef, growing chef, that's what I thought it was going to be like in the beginning. I was finally like, I've arrived. I've arrived. I'm really in one of those kind of kitchens. So, I mean, chef was cool. And if he was upset, it was only because he wanted you to do your best. Mm-hmm. Right. So, did, so you, did you end up learning a, a lot there? And then now oh, you're absolutely. Apply it and was that was that like now you're on your way? Right. Yeah. That was definitely the best kitchen I've ever worked in. First of all, it's immaculate. Um, second of all, he instilled in me discipline and just hiring my own standard for myself. So I'm definitely taking that with me. What do you think? Um, now you're running your own businesses to a degree. You're an entrepreneur and you just said you need to build a team. And so maybe we'll get into all that. But how do you feel like, what is your style and what kind of environment do you want to create? My style of cooking? Well, not not your style of cooking. We've got to get into that too. But your style of sort of uh, management. I'm kind of a hand off approach. Like I'll show you. I don't, I know I don't like people micromanaging over my shoulder. So I kind of approach it that way. I'll show you. See what you're doing. If you're not doing it right, I'll show you again, but I'm not going to hang on your shoulder because I think I get pretty good instructions the first time. Um, 
just real friendly. It's always like kind of family oriented because it doesn't need to be. It's not that kind of party. So we don't need to be that right. structured like that. All right. Let's go back to the the private being a private chef and catering that type of business. Um, can you describe what that's like? Catering is definitely hard, especially because I'm a party of one. I'm not going to promote myself as a caterer because I'm not, but I will do small events like maybe under 30. I'll do because I could handle that by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to push the personal chef piece. Um, I would love to come into people's homes, cook their dinners. You're having a small dinner party at your house. I would love to do that kind of thing. Um, I call my style rustic refined because I like comforting food, but I like it to be pretty. Um, it's thoughtful. It's not just slapped together. I'm using great ingredients. Um, I love Thai food. So usually it's some sort of Thai influence in there somewhere. So how, how, that's a great question though. How, how important is the aesthetics of the dish compared to, you know, how does, what, yeah, what balance is there? Like, is there a, is there a, is there a secret or is there like a <laughs> rule of thumb that, that um, the rule of thumb I think is portion um, proportion um, to let's see protein starch and like traditional French is like you use three you went odd numbers you would use odd numbers for mm-hmm. presentation um, because the chef world is becoming so, so diluted I want to say um, it's important for me to make sure that I am true to my chef roots as far as like I'm making sure I utilize my correct knife skills. I'm utilizing my correct whatever technique. So, you know, like someone trained made this. Can you describe some of your dishes that you like to make most? So my favorite dish is just so simple. It's a beef dish, um, like any kind of steak you want with like hoisin, ginger, soy sauce, um, chilies, basil, um, what else goes in there? You just saute that up over some rice with a fried egg. Wow. That, sounds damn good. <laughs> that is my favorite day. When did that you discover great. that? Uh, at this Thai restaurant. I'm like, huh, I could probably make this myself. And I did. And it was just as good. Are, are you doing that a lot when you go to eat? Are you, are you kind of reverse engineering a lot of the, because we do that with like, I do that with movies. I'm like, I know where that's, that light source is coming from. And it kind of takes me out of it a little bit. And I'm like, Absolutely. that is so unnatural. I know. I'm sitting there like, I know what that flavor is. Okay. I can put that together. Let me see that texture. All right. So yeah, I do that all the time. Are you um, banging out notes on the, like the phone or anything? Are you kind of like, just taking like some mental notes, mental notes, but I'm definitely not that person. People say, Oh, I can't take you anywhere. I'm like, I'm not going to pick apart the plates. So I'm going to enjoy myself. If it doesn't taste good, it's not because, Oh, I'm a chef and I'm saying it doesn't taste good it's because it just doesn't taste good. Right. So what are some experiences that you've had? at restaurants, which it's, it can be local or anywhere else that you've been that have been like mind blowing, maybe even positive or negative, you know, mind blowing. Hmm. I don't think I've had my mind blown yet. Uh, I love Clavel. I love Clavel because it's so cool. Like the atmosphere of it all, the food is so flavorful. I like places like that. I'm not like Hoity toity, I need some foam and some swirls. Right. That's not even really me. So just warm comforting is my favorite. So if you're given a choice between atmosphere and amazing food, so like the atmosphere is amazing, but you know it's that's passable. Like, and then that's like the there's question, amazing food and right. then it's just like kind of eh. 
That's when, like, the question we always ask, like, okay, if you get good service, but then the food's all right, which one is more important? I think um, the food versus atmosphere. If the atmosphere is good, but the food is so-so, I'd go there. You'd still drink. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm thinking (laughs) um, if the atmosphere wasn't good, but the food was amazing, Nah, I want to sit there, and if I don't even want to sit there, then right. I don't. I could just do it at home. Right. It seems right. like a no-brainer. I thought I'd ask, though, from a chef's standpoint. This is a layman talking, right? Yeah. yeah. So, if you had good customer service, but the food wasn't good, would you go? I had good customer service. The food. I I don't think no. I would go to no. eat, but I would definitely. I mean, like I was joking before, but if they have okay appetizers and good drinks, I would consider. <laughs> well, it depends on the night. Again, it's more about the place and maybe where it's situated. So like maybe during the summertime, if I know I just want to be by water and there's only a handful, like, and I know, you know, this location has definitely got the coolest vibe, but I know I could probably ramp it up from a food standpoint at another place. I'm probably picking the place with the vibe because just to your point, you want to go and just be in the moment a little bit and like food's a part of that. Sure. So it was also the conversation and the, you know, just that time. So that, that's where I make the choice, I think. I don't know about the service. I don't know if I ever really think about the service unless it's like really off, you yeah, know? You have a server that's kind of giving you an attitude. kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, like, I'll like, I'll like well, fine. I'll take my money no somewhere good. else. Absolutely. Yep. Do you have, um, is, an, is an aspiration of yours to open a restaurant? Because I know you, you talked about sort of the multi-use type um, place that you envision, but is a restaurant a part of that? I don't think so. It's too much work. It's too much headache. And that's just not what I'm looking for. Right. How I want to feed people. That's nope. kind of cool. <laughs> so it, I, I, I feel like you've started creating exactly the vision that you want to execute. Right. And, you know, one of the things that we'll get into later is actually telling people how to become a chef. But um, I feel like you might have gone beyond that a little bit at this point. I kind of think that I'm transitioning myself out of the kitchen, kind of, and becoming like a figure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm okay with that, too. When you say a figure, I think that it is aligning with what you just described about that sort of multi-use place. You're trying to bring people together mm-hmm. and give them opportunities that right. you feel like maybe some of them don't have right now. And I Absolutely. even think the the cafe part that you described is probably for a certain kind of clientele, a, a clientele that wants to be um, around a positive environment or something like that. So, I mean, is that accurate? And is that sort of, I guess, just yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking when people come in, just they want to grab coffee and they want to chill before they get going. Um, and it's just something that I wouldn't have to put too much into, if that sounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, for me, the way I'm hearing it is it's just, it's moved beyond the food specifically at this point. You've become into the larger, just, universe of how people get fed you said yourself and and you're thinking out of it as a 30,000 foot view not not just what they're eating but how they're being fed and who's preparing it because you're seeing and identifying opportunities and I think that's that's really be cool because I think that is a bigger idea right that's that's bigger than just saying this one dish that's very myopic but you're, you're taking this just grand view of it and it's very admirable and that's I think 
what I get out when I follow you online. And that's where I get blown away. It's just like, you're here, you're there, you're here, you're there. Yeah. That's what makes me happy knowing that I can help others. And I'm like, I'm just little old me, but I could make a phone call. I could probably Google something and figure it out and put you in the right place. So yeah, you started at the, at the right place. I mean, you, you, you found a lane. And I think that's what, again, hopefully our listeners are doing right now or, or trying to find is a lane or, or, you know, as long as they can kind of say, Hey, I'm going to play in this industry, but there are a lot of other things to do in this industry just than putting right. the food right. on the burner or in the oven or things like exactly. that. There's That's like, what I tell people. I'm like, I was meant to do more than just cook. Can you, you've, you've done so many things prior to now, including being in the military, going to culinary school. Um, we haven't talked about your childhood much, which we don't have to, but, um, my childhood it, was pretty boring. A Navy brat lived in Florida a while, lived hmm. in Virginia a bit. And back to Baltimore. Does that, so that's two military references. Does that, how, how has that sort of shaped you? My dad was gone a lot. Um, it seemed like he was always overseas or something. Um, and I definitely didn't want that for my kids. So that's why I knew I couldn't go active duty. But yeah, discipline, things of that nature. Right. Just having a respect for different cultures, having traveled a bit. And you said you were cooking at the age of 10, right? Did you become uh, known for that in your family? Were people like... People were completely surprised when I told them I wanted to be a chef. They were like, we thought you were going to be our lawyer. And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would just go and... I I remember growing up watching Food Network, growing up with Bobby Flay, with Emeril Lagasse. I remember the Red Hot Tamales, just watching them. And that's what got me going. And you were doing this. Was it always uh, like a special occasion in the house when you were cooking or were you just, they just assumed you, 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 you're I a just, decent cook, but yeah. you were going to do other things. But, you know, I think I just kind of just found some inspiration for the day and said, I'm cooking dinner tonight and I'm, I'm going to make this. I, f- I feel like, uh, so we interviewed a woman who's the head of a distillery a while ago and she said something like you, she just jumps in, right? She doesn't really even think about the consequences or the, the challenges that she might face. And she was talking about that as an advantage of an entrepreneur and I'm sort of sensing that a little bit in you. Does, do you think that's accurate? There's so much freedom in being an entrepreneur. I had no idea. I mean, it's crazy. It's hectic. It's like, oh my God, I'm in charge of myself. What do I do? But yeah, you just jump in there and say, hey, I got an idea. Let me try it. If it doesn't work, I'll try something else. That's awesome. And that's, that's all these entrepreneurs that are successful in their own right are, are echoing the same thing that you are. And it's it's courage really what it comes down to and i i'm looking for the courage it's, uh, it's like a, it's definitely a creative a successful creative trait yeah. i think because you are generally trying new things or you're you're making something that someone else is going to in some way judge or yeah. evaluate and it seems like you're okay with that yeah that's why being a chef is so stressful i will say check on your chef friends um because we're in there it's like 90% ego and I don't know what the other person is, but we're in there like, it's got to be the best. It's got to taste the best. It's got to look the best. It's got to be best, best, best. So I think that's what chefs all around do or think. So that's what, how I am. Yeah. How do chefs cut through? Like in your opinion, what is the, what is the way that they can make a name for themselves? If they're just focusing on the food and they want to kind of stay in that sort of centralized part of it. Something has to set them apart from everyone else. I always 
think that when I'm thinking about Chef Mark, he when he is so passionate about food is incredible. Like right. Just watching him study foods or techniques or what's this ingredient? How's that taste? When new things come in, cat, come taste this. Come try this. Let me show you this. And the passion you think would, I don't know, something has to set you apart from the rest. Do you feel like that is something that matters to what percentage of chefs does that matter to? Yeah, that's a small percentage. Um, like me, that doesn't matter to me. I'm not in it to be like, oh, I'm the best chef in the world. I want to be the most impactful chef in the world, maybe. Um, but he he always says that he's a, a food nerd. So maybe those kind of folks. Um, so there's food there's food nerds. Yeah, and they're food nerds. The, the, exactly. You can get down like taste this flavor profile. Yeah. Yeah, I mean exactly. When not, cool, when new things come in, oh, this is from Japan. Come try this. In terms of just uh, you know the time spent cooking in your you know day to day, what what percentage is that? Um, thirty percent of the day. Uh, the rest of the day is prepping. Throw creativity on top of that. Are you able to substitute, or are are you trying? Yes. Is that a thing? Like, is that like? you know, just to kind of bring it to a new level, what kind of things are you trying and, and what are the go-to sort of um, uh, rules or do's and don'ts in that? And outside of Magdalena though, like in your, in your normal cooking, like how, how are you, are you getting adventurous? Um, I don't know about getting adventurous because I'll talk to clients and I'll throw maybe some ideas out there and I'm like, well, actually I just wanted some baked chicken. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> but I'll, I'll So it sounds like your clients sound like every other client right? in every I'm other like, industry. Hey, you, didn't want, <laughs> right. you didn't want this. Um but I'll I'm on Pinterest all the time just looking. I'll look up fine dining plating, um, or I'll figure out some sort of ingredient that I want to check out. I'm like, Oh, okay, that's how you use it. And I'm like, maybe I'll go to the store and get that and try it out. Is that a tool, Pinterest, for you? I love Pinterest I, and YouTube. Right. That's a. Yeah. I'll look up the dish on Pinterest, and I'll see maybe it's some sort of weird technique, and then I'll YouTube it. Like, oh, okay, that's how you make that. So that I mean, like you're talking about practicing in a, in a way, you know, like uh, as a writer, you can just try to write new things, have new ideas, blah blah blah. For you, do you go home or do you go um, hang out with other chefs or other people in the industry and, and practice? We have actually my friend Chef Seon who owns um Mach uh Fine Catering. He is absolutely amazing and he's into all that kind of like gastronomy stuff and I'm not really into it, but he'll show me how to do it. He's like, Come down to the test kitchen. So we'll like all go down there and just start cooking whatever. Okay, this is like our little mystery bag or everyone brings something different. What can we pull together with all these different ingredients? So I wanted to talk about just Baltimore in general is I think a good segue, you know, what do you, what is your opinion on the sort of the state of the culinary scene here um, from where it has been, where it is now, and maybe what you kind of see it competes on a national level, I guess. I love this question. Um, Baltimore wants it so bad to be a foodie town. Like the people that live here want it so bad. And I think that it's definitely on that cusp, but what happens is people are comparing us so much to DC and New York. I'm like, how could you even, we're not even on the same kind of scale as those two cities. So why even compare us? Let us be our own little charm city in which we are. Um, there are so many restaurants popping up everywhere and they're, they're all so different. And so that's what makes it exciting. And people are like, Oh, there's nowhere to eat. I'm like, are you crazy? Yes, there is. Um, 
what is it? Open table? Just go on open table and just scroll and look and I'll just pick a place and go. I I pop into places all the time just because like, man, you seemed interesting. Let me see what this is about. Just on my daily routine, I'll just pop into a place and check it out. I think that we're definitely getting there. I think we want to be there and we know we want to be there. So we're trying to get there. So it's coming soon. You mentioned Clavel. Um, what are some other places that you like? Taiwan and Towson. <laughs> Because I love Thai food. Mm -hmm. I love Tagliata. They have like the best pasta. Um, I went to Lock Bar. They had this amazing little oyster dish and that was delightful. But I'm kind of a simple eater. So I'm trying to think of like my little simple hole in the wall places that I love. Um, What about, I have a special passion for pizza. Me too. What about pizza? What are your favorite pizzas? Um, that doesn't even have to be Baltimore because let's 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 just branch out if we need to because I just want to find all these places. <laughs> right. to go to well, well, I know. Well, well, three months from now, when people are listening to this and Chef Cat is a national name, <laughs> right? Then let's not geofence this to Baltimore. Exactly. Sorry. I'm. I can't think of outside of Baltimore. There is this dope place in New York that I went to in Brooklyn. I can't remember the name of it, but it was the best pizza I ever had in my life. But I love uh, apologies. Um, I think I had pizza from Verde one time. Um, there's another pizza spot. I can't think of it, but pizza is definitely my favorite food. Do you make pizza? Me too. I do make pizza. Right, I bought nice. myself a little pizza oven. It's so cute. That's a good question. What is your, what is your kitchen? Like, like that's a good question in terms of devices like that. Like, do you, are you kind of a sucker for new, like little cooking so, devices or do you kind of, I have like this little new wave thing. I love that. It's like a tabletop oven. And it has like a rack on it. So all the oils or greases uh, drips down to the bottom and it gets the like chicken perfectly crispy. And I love that. I just ordered an air fryer. So people keep talking about it. I'm like, oh, what is air fryer? I'm going to try that out. Um, I love my hand blender. Um, not really too much like fancy stuff, but um, what else? But you're willing to try some yeah, trendy I bought, type yeah. of things. I bought a gastronomy kit and I was messing around with making like little pearls and things like that. So... You seem really down to earth and I honestly don't have, I haven't met that many chefs, but I do watch a lot of food network and I guess there's a spectrum of types of people like anything else, but I do find that they focus on chefs who are really not down to earth a lot. Is that that an accurate assessment of you and also the industry? Um, Yeah, I'm really down to earth. Um, I'm a single mother of two. That keeps me real humble. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I work hard. Um, and I just, the kind of food that I like, I guess also, it's not too um, pretentious. Yeah, most chefs that are up there, the upper echelons are, just because they have to be, you have to be that kind of person to whip your team into shape. Can you talk about the hierarchy of a kitchen? I think that um, many people I'm sure know that based on what they've studied or what they're interested in, but from coming from a real chef, what do you? What does it look like to you? So... Um, and people always think that you have to go to culinary school to be a chef. That is false. Um, so there's several avenues. So, of course, you have your executive chef, your um, executive sous, sous, junior sous, line cooks, and prep cooks, and then your stewards. That's how it generally works. But then if you kind of want to rear off to, um, like, the American Culinary Federation and how they have, like, certified executive chefs. So when you start seeing chefs with letters behind their names, that's what that's all about. Certified sous chefs, certified culinarian. Um, you can go that route, too. I didn't go the ACF route. Um, I don't think I ever will. 
I think that's for people that really are like tooting their own horns when they want to see all those letters behind their names. And you'll see chefs at certain events and have like 30 patches on their arms. Like, okay, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) And those are just different certifications because this is a. So the letter, so the letters are like the certifications and then the patches are probably like their sponsors. So you're like McCormick and Smith. Hey, (laughs) Um, maybe NASCAR. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. And they're like all proud to do that. And that's pretty cool too. Um, but the letters are like the real certified chefs, but it's so political and yada, yada. Yeah. I feel like maybe it's a good time to get into the, the house a little bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what we do, you know, basically the, the idea of the show, mm-hmm. it's a great conversation, but ultimately we want people to leave with very specific things that they can go do when they turn this off tomorrow, tonight, when they get out of their car, mm-hmm. that, they will be on the road to become a chef in this instance. Right. So, and then they can be very tactical. They can be like, go follow this person or that person, or make sure you're, you buy this piece of equipment or whatever. A, it's not that glamorous. It's not at all. I don't, you know, you see the celebrity chefs and you're thinking lights, camera, action. No, you're in the kitchen hot. You're cutting yourself. You're getting burnt. You're getting bust out. You're crying in the walk-in. Like, that's what it is about. Like, I think I've done that a couple of times. Um, I think that's a great creative how. Me too. <laughs> real life. Check, check the, right, life the stereotype check. at the door, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, it's a thankless job. Um, say goodbye to your social life. That's out the window. Um and then I just said study and common sense when I always ask like my sous chef, like all you have to have is common sense to be a chef. And that's so true. Like just put two and two together and you can probably make a good dish. Can you, so a lot of those things, some people might listen to this and be like, well, I'm not going to be a chef. I'm, I'm out on that. But also you can fall in love with something and, and be passionate about something and all that stuff. I love it. Um, I just get so excited, especially when there are new ingredients involved or I'm learning a new technique and I'm feeling like, okay, I'm moving along as a chef. I'm really like have that street cred. Like I want people to know that, okay, I'm out here doing all these things, but I'm a legit chef. Like I'm trained. So I take pride in that. And, and is part of that, just the tangible, tangible output, you know, that, that, you know, you've made something with your own two hands. Right. It tastes amazing. Exactly. And you're going to pleasure a lot of people. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Like, I'm, oh, we're like peeking out. Like, are they liking our food? Oh, the, right. Well, look when the plates come back. Oh, okay. I, I think they, they, <laughs> they like, the I think that is a personal truth for any artist, no matter what industry it's, it's, it's definitely true for me. Uh, when people appreciate these podcasts or they like the logo or they like any of the work for my day job, like there is that still that little bit of pride and, right. and maybe it's something we don't want to talk about. That's it's what shameful, it's all about. But, we, print out our, we print out our reviews, Yelp reviews, um, travel. What's the other thing called? Travelocity. Yeah. Travel advisor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trip advisor. Trip advisor. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is Travelocity. Right. There's that. Roaming down. So we'll like print them out and then we're reading them all together. Like what they say? What'd they say? Five star? Five star. Okay. If you get a bad one, do you get pissed? Is it like bulletin oh, yeah. board material? Oh, yeah. Then we're all like going crazy. Like, or chef's like, oh, well, I'm going to change the menu. Or somebody said something about our decor one time and they changed it. Hmm. So that's how reactionary is that? Right. Like, it, it, so it's that sensitive? Yeah. There isn't this like, whatever. Yeah. Sometimes we are because I'm like, oh, that was petty. But most likely we're like, okay, well, we need them to be happy and we need our five stars. Sounds like chefs don't have thick skins. No. no, they don't. They're so passionate and they're so, it's them. It's their heart and soul on a plate. So if right. you're 
tearing it down, you're tearing them down. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how successful you get, I guess. Yeah. You said um, if you are just, you said check your social life at the door, maybe even something else. But the social life thing I think is interesting because you said you've worked in lots of different types of kitchens. And I've always thought that you're in a kitchen with a bunch of other people and there's movement going on. You're a team to a degree. Is that a social life? You know, is working in a kitchen a social life? No, not to me. It's work. I mean, we do have fun. We do make our jokes and everything. And and kitchen culture is like crazy. You have to be a specific kind of person to be okay with working in the kitchen for one, especially as a woman. Like it can get really raunchy in there sometimes. And I'm just like, oh my God, what? Wow. (laughs) It gets crazy. But I mean, it's just... It's just the passion, I guess. And we're kind of just stuck with each other. So it's just like frustrations going on that we're just bouncing off each other. Right, right. So back to the house real quick, since I know you, you, you took them a different way, but I think you took them a great way. And really I think those are going to be, yeah, and they're going to be very valuable. So if I'm going to, I'm going to steer it back to very um, tactical, I guess you mentioned Pinterest. Is that a recommendation? YouTube. Like what are Absolutely. the things like, let use me as a, an example. I am not a cook. I'm thinking I want to start making some stuff for my kids. What do I need to do? Um, definitely Pinterest and YouTube. Um, there are several cooking classes slash schools here in the city. Um, like Scola is one. Um, I think it's called food to love. I think it's in Pikesville. I don't know, but there are several cooking school situations going on. Um, Private chefs love to come in and show you some things. So that's fun. I would love to come in to someone's house and show them how to make something. You want to learn how to make pasta? I'll come show you how to make pasta. Um, But if you want to become like a chef, chef, like don't start thinking you have to go to culinary school. You just go into a restaurant, say you would like to stage and, and see what the, hey, I'm passionate about cooking. Like chefs love that kind of stuff. What was it? Say you like to what? Stage. Stage. Right. So that's pretty much like intern. That's code. Yep. Code for That's vernacular. Yeah. Is that, that, I mean, like, is it, I'm not saying it's easy, but is it that simple to literally go in and be like, Some, yeah. tell me what to do? Yeah. Sometimes it is like, hey, chef, I'm really passionate about this. This is what I've been working on. What, can you take some extra hand? Something like that. They would love that. So just something that simple, like a friend of mine, Crystal, she said she would pop into places all the time and say, could she start to learn some things? So that, that is a good question. Like, What's the application process? Like, is there a portfolio review? Are you making something as like a, like a, a test or something? When, when you're going through the hiring process, yeah. how intense is that? Yeah. So I used to work at Horseshoe Casino. And when I worked there, I had to do like a black box challenge to get hired. So that was pretty interesting. My first time doing a black box challenge oh, at Magdalena. Can you explain that? I don't Um. So pretty much some mystery ingredients in a box oh. and make, uh, I had to make three dishes from what was in there. Huh. Yeah. And that was for Guy Fieri's. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> wow. Did you meet Guy? I did. Okay. Are you able to talk about what he's like? Um, yeah. Big personality. Um, definitely not sh- giving me chef vibes. For sure. Personality. Um, but fun, full of energy. I heard him talking to Duff, you know, Duff with the cakes. Mm-hmm. And they were like talking about their Ferraris or Lamborghinis or something. And I was just like... <laughs> Rolling my eyes. Yeah, you're rolling your eyes now. Then, right, like, like I said, gonna, now you're. <laughs> maybe that can be me one day. Yeah, exactly. So the the black box challenge. You said you had one at Magdalena, also. Um, no, it wasn't about. I was oh, okay. I was um going in to be a breakfast cook, so he asked me to cook eggs four different ways, and um, I think that's all I had to do. I had to make him an omelet. I made an over easy, over medium, and then a scramble. 
And is that a standard kind of thing? Like you to expect for someone to go and apply that they should, they should for, expect to. For at this level. Yeah. yeah. This kind of restaurant. And this is the only really in Chateau in Maryland. Um, Magdalena is. Um, yeah. So I completely did not make my eggs the way that he wanted at all, hmm. but he saw how passionate I was about it. He was like, actually, this is how you do the eggs. And this is how you do a traditional French omelet. And I was just like, Oh, I didn't know that. So I was at home making them like, oh, when I start work, I'm going to be making the best omelets ever. That brings up a question. I Because I saw a challenge on some show and they made a traditional French omelet. And I, I didn't know that's how you made it. It's like no burnt outside. Nothing. Nope. And that's not, that wouldn't be how I would like my omelet personally. <laughs> like I think I've always said I make great omelets, but they're, they must suck. They're brown. But, yeah. But <laughs> what happens if you serve something to someone that is the way that it's supposed to be made, quote unquote, but they don't like it. A, a client or somebody at a restaurant. A yeah, customer. we have that all the time um, with our scrambled eggs. It looks custardy. And I'm like, I want fluffy, like scrambled eggs. And I'm like, no, that's not how we do it here. And people will send it back or they're like, I want my eggs extra dry because they know we make it that way. So you just accommodate them. It's the customer's always right yep. to a degree. Absolutely. Got it. So I've got learning from real people, real chefs, mm-hmm. research. Yep. Aggregate the the ideas with like Pinterest and things like that, mm-hmm. um, and then it's just channeling go. you. Go for it. Just go for it. Yeah. Right. Practice. Right. Don't go in there like totally. Just I woke up and wanted to be a chef today. Like do your research, do your due diligence, and like yeah. with anything. Yeah. Right. You know, get get confidence. Get familiar. Be serious about it. Absolutely, because it's not a game. I've. I've definitely been on the other side of chef not in a good mood and it's not pretty. Yeah. What, what about tools? Like, can they, um, like, should they invest in like a really good set of knives? Like anything very. So that's, what's funny. Like I don't have a knife kit and I feel self-conscious about it sometimes. Cause everybody's like, I guess like that's the ego check right there. Well, I got this knife. I got that knife. I got this. And I'm like, listen, I got these two knives and they do what they need to do. And that's all you really need. Unless you're, a personal chef then of course you need your own tools but if you're working in the kitchen they should have everything that you need mm-hmm. so people just like to flex yeah seems like that yeah. not just in cooking Kat I think that a great question for, for you and this could be a, another hour <laughs> but what's what's next for you so what's next for me is I'm trying to get a commercial kitchen space down that I'm an entrepreneur I need I can't be cooking out of my house so <laughs> I actually reached out to someone that said, absolutely, you can use our kitchen. So yay, checklist. Nice. Wow. That's done. Um, so once I'll do that, I'll get my hazard plan and everything so I can get an official caterer's license. Um, also more planning my Just Call Me Chef tour. So I want to do, I wanted to kick off like a city tour. So of course I have to start it in Baltimore, hometown. So what a city tour looks like is three days. Uh, first day is going to be a restaurant crawl Uh black female owned or at least the executive chef. Um, the second day is going to be like an exclusive dinner party situation. And then the third day is going to be a panel. So we're going to do that in a couple of different cities. So that I'm starting awesome. that January 26th. First city's awesome. Baltimore, you said? Mm-hmm. Yep. So do you, you promote that? You will promote that via your social channels and how will, how do you charge people for something like that? How's that work? Um, I'm not sure about the whole restaurant call thing. I've been like kind of researching how restaurant crawls work. But for the workshop, it'll probably be something like $10 because I want it to be accessible to people. Hmm. Starting a farmer's market. um, You're starting a farmer's market? 
Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. So so there's an organization called uh, Black Professional Men, and I work closely with them on several things. We host an event together called Eat Black Baltimore. So um, there used to be a farmer's market at Open Works, and um, it kind of um, just fizzled out. So we're trying to restart that. So I've put out a feeler today on Facebook to see how people would take that. Um, and so they're pretty receptive. So I'm excited about that. We're going to start it either next year, April or July. And it'll just be once a month. Um, but what I'm trying to figure out is how do I reach the community? It's, it's such a segregated, not segregated, but just off the beaten path area on Greenmount right there across from the cemetery. So I'm yeah. trying to figure out how do we get that foot traffic competing with like we really are a JFX. Mm. So we'll figure it out. I feel confident about it. So we'll see. It's awesome. There's no reason you shouldn't. And <laughs> yeah. I have no reason to believe that you won't make it work. Absolutely. I, I, unbelievable in terms of And I of wanted just... to bring you guys some food, but I was just like so swamped. What? Oh, I can't believe it. And I was like, I'm going to bring them some food. And I was like, oh, I can't. Well, you could be uh, a two-time <laughs> podcast guest. Like maybe after it. after the- uh, Yeah. Why not, right? Our, uh, season, I'm just trying season to get- Season two recap. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we could have, you could be a guest host. Hey, I would love that too. And we'll have the tequila next time now that we know. Absolutely. No question. Jeez. That's a huge miss. <laughs> that's a big miss. I feel actually, like you could have come, it could have come up in conversation. We might have to for we'll the prep. have a green room. You, you have to get, what are they called? Chef's jailers? drink. Come on, yeah. guys. We got to do that next time. <laughs> next time. Thank you so much. Well, well, people don't think I'm an alcoholic. No, well, they already, they already think we're this. alcoholics. We've, we've interviewed two distillers and gone to distilleries and join the club, take pictures of whiskey. So, um, how can people, I know we touched on it at the beginning, but here's the official rundown of all the handles so they can the keep track of your busy schedule and all the really great things you're bringing to the city. All right. My personal page is naturally Chef Cat. That's cat with a C. Taste Charm City is my podcast page if you're interested in seeing all the food things going on in the city. And Just Call Me Chef is my new initiative. Uh, you can follow me on Culinary Socialite, but that hasn't been updated, but you can still check it out. It has some cool content on it, so... And we'll, uh, oh, the website. Oh, don't forget about that, Sean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just call me co C O. And we'll put a link. Uh, I know you got the, the calendars uh, yes. going on. So I think we'll, we'll add a link to that in the show notes. So you guys yes. can get that Thank out you. there. I almost forgot about that. So we have calendars going. It has, um, 14 amazing black women chefs that are local. So you can, if you get the calendar, check them out wherever they are in the city. They're actually in places. Um, And a percentage of the proceeds goes to the nonprofit Black Girls Cook. That's awesome. So it's kind of a guide in and of itself. It's a calendar and some great places to eat in the city if you're looking for. Some recipes in the back. Oh, Jesus. This thing's great. It's a we need to do a calendar. Yeah, I, know. I feel very small right now. <laughs> right. Baltimore Creatives calendar. You get six dope. months. I get six months. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pat, amazing. Thank you so Thank much. You so it was much really great meeting me, you. Thank you. Wow, a lot of great insights for somebody who's clearly more than than just a chef. You can tell she's a person that has a master plan and a clear vision about what she wants her brand to be, and it goes way beyond just the 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 pieces of food on a plate. I think the the creativity associated with Kat is definitely about her cooking, but it's also about the way she thinks about how she can reach out to people through her cooking and her abundant skills and literally unbounded energy. So really great episode. As always, 
Get the show notes at creativehowpodcast.com and follow us on social Creative How Pod at Twitter and Instagram. Hey, Jed, did you hear our kick-ass intro music? Shockingly, that's out of our technical wheelhouse here at Creative How. That type of sick sound design is a White Noise Lab original. White Noise Lab is a music composition and sound design studio that works with agencies, production companies, and brands on projects for film, broadcasts, interactive websites, corporate videos, video games, and experimental projects. The chances that that movie trailer you just saw on you know, YouTube that's probably a White Noise Lab original more often than not. So whether you're looking to fulfill your sound design needs or simply need someone to collaborate with on an experimental project or maybe an experimental podcast, check out whitenoiselab.com. That's whitenoiselab.com.